0: Hi everyone and thank you so much for tuning in to Grow With Grief, a podcast that aims to make the uncomfortable comfortable and open up the conversations around grief and loss. My name is Katrina and together we will be hearing different stories from different people, how grief has impacted their life and what they've learned from it. And together we will create a community that normalises the conversations around grief and loss. On today's episode, I'm speaking with the incredible Riley. Riley is a serial entrepreneur who has been growing through grief for the last nine years. After losing her younger brother suddenly in a car accident, her world was turned upside down. Initially, Riley distracted herself with work, which led to experiencing a severe battle with mental health and PTSD years later. But having emerged on the other side with a grief management plan and a healthy mindset, she is back to building multiple businesses and thriving in life. I really, really can't wait for you to hear this episode, guys. Riley is just a bundle of energy. She, you know, we weren't even in the same room, but she felt like she lit my room up and it was just amazing to share this conversation with her and hear her perspectives and thoughts that you can all take away too. So don't forget to let us know what you think and enjoy listening. So hi, Riley. Thank you so much for joining us today. How are you?
1: I am good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here chatting today. Me too. So
0: for anybody that doesn't know you and I personally actually have this is the first time I've met you virtually um so um would you be able to just give a brief explanation of your story and how you've come to be where you are today?
1: yeah for sure. um I was um so, I was, I think I was like 22, I think. Yeah, 22. Um, and life was fantastic. I owned my own business. I was doing big things, and life just seemed absolutely perfect. Um, and then everything changed like in a split second. So, my younger brother uh, passed away tragically and instantly in a car accident. So, freak car accident, passed away. Um, and life as I know it completely turned upside down, and I feel like ever since that point, I have I was stripped back to nothing, like and had to completely rebuild my life all over again. So what felt like I was peaking at 22, doing so many amazing things, and then for that to come in and just completely turn my life upside down. So ever since then, I've been recovering and um, learning to live with grief and then learning to continue to grow and get back on track for me personally and have been building business and brands ever since then. So that's me in a nutshell.
0: <laughs> and and prior to losing your brother, had you experienced any grief or loss before that?
1: Yeah, so I'd actually lost um, my best friend a couple of years before that. And f- coincidentally and very freakishly, on the exact same weekend, a couple of weeks, like a years before. So I'd lost my best friend um, and that was my only real, you know, um, meeting with grief the first time. And then yeah, three years later, then lost my younger brother. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: what was your expectation or understanding of, of grief and loss? Did you know how you were gonna feel or did it take you by surprise?
1: To be completely honest, I think I naively assumed what grief was and I thought that it was just another emotion like a version of sadness and I thought, you know, it's something you get over. It's like having a mood or being upset about something like where you've lost something and you get sad for a little while and naively I thought that it would pass and it would be something, yeah, I never really understood the complexity of grief or how heavy it actually is.
0: Mm -hmm. and I think sometimes you don't you don't until until you experience it yourself and even with um the loss of your best friend and the loss of your brother it would have been two very different types of grief I can imagine
1: absolutely and I honestly thought like I thought I had felt so much pain from losing my best friend and then losing my brother was a completely different feeling like completely different and and I really don't think I agree with you I don't think that you ever have an appreciation for the depth of grief until unfortunately you do experience it for yourself and there's so many times that you know even since grief that I reach out to people that are going through it and it's like the first thing they say is oh my god I actually had no idea it was going to be like this or I could never have imagined it would feel you almost can't even anticipate the feeling of grief mm.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and it's so personal um even if somebody else has been through it and you try and explain it there's no there's no words
1: yeah no and I'm still lost to this day like I've had um friends that have had losses recently and still there's certain things you can say or you can be there for them but absolutely their own and I think actually saying that to them as well like It is such a personal experience. Whatever I've gone through is going to be completely different to you, but there's still some similarities with, you know, the almost like advice you want to give, like to Mm -hmm. hopefully make it somewhat easier if that's even possible.
0: Mm -hmm. It's being that that honest person there that can, because I think there's a lot of sayings out there. It gets better with time and that
1: actually, it's not really the case. (laughs) No, and I hate it. And I think that's why I was so excited to jump on and speak to you about this, because I do feel like we need to absolutely normalize the fact that no, a stupid quote is not correct. It's not something you get over. Time doesn't change. Like, and I think there is so much weight on people when they first encounter grief that they need to get over it quickly or that it's going to be okay. And it's absolutely not the case. And I think we, like, I agree, we totally need to normalize these conversations. Like, no, it is awful and it's not going to be good. And yeah. Mm,
0: mm, but, definitely. So how how did your grief impact your
1: daily life? Initially, like I have always been an extremely positive, like almost like a dangerously optimistic person. I'm usually so optimistic about everything. And for the first time, I've sort of, I've always grown up in an environment where if you don't like something, you have the power to change it. So you want a particular job, you work hard. You want to go on a holiday, you save up. Like whatever you want to do in life, you have the power to absolutely achieve. And then for the first time in my life, I was hit with a circumstance that I had absolutely no control over. I couldn't fix. I couldn't turn back. I couldn't, there was nothing I could do to fix it or bring him back. And that feeling of powerlessness and just feeling like there was no control over my life anymore was, I think that hit me instantly. Like I went into this state of panic and shock, like, how can I fix this? And is this even real? And then day-to-day life moving forward changed completely. Like I was absolutely depressed. I withdrew from the world. I didn't even want to go outside of my house because I didn't want to risk running into someone who would bring him up in conversation or try and, you know, make me feel better. And I completely withdrew. And then as time progressed, having to learn how to cope with day-to-day life because I think we're just smacked with the reality that, the lo- like the world keeps spinning, and that is so hard to comprehend because your life stops. You feel like, how is it even possible for the like the world to not even notice that this person is missing now? Like, how does everything else go on around you? And that is really hard to stomach. Like, even a really incredible circumstance has just happened. So, I was just at an appointment, and even that was a perfect reminder for this conversation. It's been. 10 years, and I was sitting there in the waiting room, and his funeral song came on while I was sitting there. And I was like, You know, you can be completely fine. And then it, yeah. something like that, a reminder or something, and day to day life changes in an instant. Mm-hmm. I, I remember I
0: actually a few weeks ago cried at a McDonald's advert, <laughs> and I, <laughs> I found so ridiculous sat there crying at this McDonald's advert, but it, 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 it is. As time moves on it's unexpected moments where you least expect it and it just comes in waves yeah Um, yeah if we're able to be honest about how that how that happens then hopefully it can prepare other people who are experiencing that
1: it's Um, like almost initially you know um, like you expect to feel awful you expect that you are not going to be okay you expect but then two years, five years, when everyone thinks that you should be better or you should be okay or you should be over it, it's those unexpected moments that do, I think, have an even greater impact on day-to-day life because then it's almost like this confusion from everybody around you. Like, oh, is she upset about something that happened six, seven, eight, ten years ago? It's a really confusing, you know, thing for everybody that's around you when that's happening. Mm, Definitely. How... You mentioned that you became quite depressed.
0: How did you work through that?
1: Honestly, I think initially I didn't know how I was going to cope. Uh, Like the first month, I literally laid on the couch and did not even go outside. didn't want to talk to everybody. Thankfully, I had a network of family and friends who completely supported that. Like they weren't rushing me. They weren't telling me I had to get up and get back to life. And there's, you know, so initially they just let me feel those feels. Mm. Then I think I became really angry and frustrated because it gets to a point where I suppose even I couldn't lay on the couch any longer. And then you don't know what to do. Like, how do you function? How do you go through your normal day as though it hasn't happened when there's obviously this big gaping hole that nothing can fill? Um, So I think I really went through like the wildest scope of emotions possible in probably the first six months. But then I was having a conversation, I think it was um, with a family member and we were talking about like, how do you cope? And I was so adamant even then that I didn't want to get in line with this conversation that, you know, you'll be better in a few months or I was so adamant that I wanted to feel my feelings. And that goes on both ends of the spectrum. Like if I was having a day where I was completely depressed, just let those emotions happen because I found it more painful trying to fight them than just giving in. But then on the other end of the spectrum, if I was having a good day where I felt really good, not feeling guilty for that either. So I was so focused and I made it my priority just to feel my emotions and sink in and like try not to control it too much. And I think that was probably really good because obviously I had family members around me who were trying to keep it all together and look like they had their shit together when in fact they actually didn't. And I think in the long term, it's probably a bit more detrimental. Whereas I was very upfront. Like if I was having a rough day, I'd say I'm having a rough day today. I'm grieving hard today. And people, I think even just, with me saying that, it made them understand that little, like even though they couldn't understand to the full extent, I think they appreciated the open honesty that I was just throwing down. Like, I'm grieving really hard today. I remember returning to work, and the first day back at work, I was doing, like, I was with a client, and I just burst into tears, and I said, hey, I'm just having a rough day. I'm still grieving really hard. I will be fine in like 30 seconds. This flow will stop. I think I'm nearly all cried out now. Anyway, let me just get a cup of tea. I'll be straight back. And it really made it so much more comfortable, I think, for me and for my clients at the time, because I was just totally open and honest about however I was feeling at the time. That was just something you did naturally. Yeah. And it was just because we had a conversation and like I said earlier, like being a complete optimist beforehand probably set me up for, so initially that's how I began to think about things. Like I'm just going to feel it. And to be quite honest, I think the really hard mental stress actually came in the form of PTSD, like eight years later. Mm -hmm which is a really important message. I think too, like you don't grow out of grief. It doesn't stop. You adjust. But I think another shockwave came like years later as well. So would you mind touching on that a little bit? Yeah. So I actually, so it was eight years on um, and I felt like um, I'd done a good job. I think I felt like I'd done a good job getting through that initial grief, because my attitude was open honesty. I cried when I wanted to cry. I talked about him all the time. I noticed um, environments, friends, relationships changed because of my honesty around grief. But then I still think um, later on, so eight years on, you know, then I've gone on to have my daughter. There's been multiple celebrations. There's been family things happening. And it was a second wave of like, guilt frustration like why isn't he here this would be so much better if he was here i wish he got to meet my daughter and yeah it was like a second round of hard-hitting grief again but i tried to approach it the same way like communicating that to family and saying i'm just feeling really frustrated i'm just feeling really angry i'm just feeling and by having those conversations i think it i think it opened it up a lot more for all of us to talk about and process it together rather than going internal again which i did for that you know those first initial four weeks or whatever.
0: Mm. So you mentioned mm. that the people around you were kind of just putting up a on a brave face. Was that the case like the whole, for everybody like your parents, yeah i don't know if you have any other siblings.
1: Yeah, i think because we were all in this state of confusion and we didn't know how to deal with it. I definitely saw family members who put on a brave face, went back to work, pretended everything was okay. 6 months later it all fell apart. I had myself who was like totally emotional but okay with that and talking about it quite openly. Um, And I had family members who were at the other end of the scope who were absolutely not okay and I was really concerned about. So we had every, I feel like in my family alone, we had every variety of grief and dealing with grief humanly possible. But the one thing I think that held us all together and was really quite healthy was that we still all spoke about it Like, even the ones who had a brave face, they're like, I just need to process this differently. I need to get back to work to keep my mind occupied or I need to, I'm just not getting out of bed for six weeks or whatever it was. We were quite open about the conversation, which I'm really grateful for because I know not everybody has those, you know, that support network that is. Yeah. So, like, our family unit was very open no matter what we were, no matter what we were doing to deal with it or how we were dealing. We didn't judge each other at all. It was like, oh, each to their own. We're all gonna do this differently, whatever works. But then I found like, um yeah, probably friends actually usually aren't as understanding because they're not living through it with you. Like they don't I think that's where that expectation came from for me was strangers, clients or friends going, Okay, it's been, you know, six months now, you should be back to your old happy self. And it's yeah yeah did it did it
0: put any strain on those relationships
1: absolutely and i think even being totally so we had both ends again of the spectrum so people that really did appreciate the open honesty and then i had people who still no matter how honest you are about it or talking about it they get tired of your grief like they get sick of hearing about it because they don't they can't fully understand They want you to be better. They want you to feel better and happiness. But as their life goes on and you're still processing or, you know, feeling like that, I think there is frustration from them. And it's nothing against them. They're just lucky enough that they haven't had to deal with grief to have to go through that themselves. But there's definitely times where as you grieve, others will get frustrated. They won't understand. They won't know how to deal with you. And sometimes it's easier Than having the grief conversation and sitting there and talking about it to actually just slowly pull back and pull away, which is each to their own as well. But I think, yeah, you can definitely see your relationships change a hell of a lot after you've gone through something like that. Mm, mm, For sure. For sure. I think that's (laughs) quite a, quite a
0: common theme. Um, And it's not that the people around you don't want to support you and it's not coming from a place of love. It's just that they don't know how. Yes. Yeah. The fear of the unknown, almost. Um, yeah. So, what has been your biggest lessons that you've taken from your
1: grief and loss? I think there's two main points for me, and that is number one: there is no time frame on grief. Like, you don't. There is no set amount of time where you're going to wake up one day and you're going to feel amazing or that life's back to normal. There is actually no time frame, and life, as you know it beforehand, is never it's not an emotion it's literally a life shift your entire life has transformed whether you wanted it to or you expected it to whether like it's happened and there's no time frame to when you will learn to cope and transform your new life like there's no set time frame around that and then the second thing i learned was I think grief and mental health go hand in hand. So if you are experiencing grief, you absolutely like number one priority above getting better or above, you know, getting back to life, take care of your mental health first and foremost. Like that should be the number one because I think in even um, this, you know, the situation I explained earlier, getting the mental health situation right from the start having that support network, talking to someone, no matter who it is, like having your mental health sorted because these waves, these shock waves of grief will happen for years, probably forever. But if you are working on strengthening your mindset, learning how to cope, learning, you know, what techniques to use, if you do, like I've suffered from anxiety as a result of it, severe depression, like you go through these phases of feeling and I think as long as you commit to making sure that your mental health you are doing everything you can to support your mental health that actually goes hand in hand with grief Mm -hmm. making it more bearable making it easier to learn to function again I think yeah number one I didn't ever think like I said I thought it was an emotion I didn't realize that it's a total shift and you actually need to put these things in place to make sure that you do start to heal recover yeah
0: Mm. I know communication was obviously a big thing for you in terms of working through but what other tools really really helped you
1: I think definitely communication I think having a mental health plan like as soon as possible and now in saying that it didn't happen in the first six months for me I literally think it wasn't until like the two-year mark that I went to my doctor I was like I'm not okay like I'm functioning again but I just can't get rid of certain thoughts or feelings or anxieties. So stepping into being open to having a mental health plan was another one. Um, And actually like connecting with other people that have gone through it, because sometimes like we were saying, you know, people don't know how to deal with you if they haven't gone through. And sometimes like I have formed some incredible connections purely online, digitally from other people, you know, they've shared a quote and it's resonated. And then we started talking like, starting to open up that conversation and get it off. Like grief is such a heavy weight on your chest and actually starting to talk about it. I suppose that does come back to communication again, but <laughs> finding that bit of a network, like it definitely helped and not, not putting pressure on yourself. I know it's easier said than done, but once I got into the mindset of there is no time frame, there is no right way to feel about it. There is no, yeah, like once I got into understanding that there's no time frame and this wasn't something to be fixed or wasn't something to go away, it's literally a change of life. Like everything has changed and accepting that was a big, it was a hard one. But I think as soon as I started to think like that, my ability to cope got a lot better.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So connection, communication and compassion really. You
0: yeah, say? yep. Yeah. Three C's. Yeah, for yourself. So, yeah. Um sure. so if you there's kind of a two-part question here. If you could give advice to somebody who is experiencing grief and loss for the first time, what would that be? But also what advice would you give to someone who is supporting that person?
1: Yeah. Um, I think first piece of advice is if you are struggling find a way to get those emotions off your chest and reach out, whether it is talking to someone, whether it is setting up your mental health plan, whether it is writing, journaling, whatever you need to do that makes you feel better. Again, there's no right way. But I think committing to processing those feelings is a really big step and one that will set you up to feel lighter and clearer sooner and remembering that there's no time frame, and you shouldn't feel bad if you don't feel great or you shouldn't feel bad, if you do feel great as well, like if you do have a day where you wake up and you feel better and happier, that's absolutely okay as well. Like, because I think you go through so many guilt emotions as well. Mm So way there is no right way and feeling those feels is absolutely powerful. Um, And then if you were the friend that is friend or family, you know, if you're dealing with someone who is going through this, horrible grief, I think the only thing you can do is actually just listen like, and let them know that you are open for it. So going, hey, and being really honest, I don't understand. I've never experienced what you are going through. I can't really put myself in your shoes. But if you want someone to soundboard up, if you want someone to just talk to, or if you want to just get a coffee, or if you want to watch a funny freaking movie, like whatever it is, it's going to make you feel better I don't judge you I don't need to like if you want to talk about it, we'll talk about it. if you don't we don't whatever but I am actually here in whatever capacity you will allow me to be in I think that's that's a big one and it seems to take that wave off them like that it's like a sigh of relief and you can see it with your friends you know some don't want to talk about it they just want to sit there and pretend that life's okay again for five minutes they want to talk they want to have a coffee and talk crap with you and that's that's helpful and healing for them. But then there's others who bottle it up so much because they don't feel like they can express it because they don't want to be that sad person in the room but going like, have a cry. Tell me what's going on. I don't mind just mm. saying that. Sometimes you see that relief and, you know, tears will come but you just sit there and I think just really making sure they know that whatever capacity they deal with it in, you will be okay and you'll be there what, however they need you to be. Mm. Great advice. Yeah.
0: Really, really good <laughs> advice. Um, so before we say goodbye, I've absolutely loved Like, you've got such an amazing energy Like, you can tell that the, that positivity you were talking about. You can feel <laughs> it. Um, how can people connect with you? I know you've got a couple of businesses as well, so you feel free to share, um, how people can connect with you on there as well. And I'll pop it in the show notes too.
1: Awesome. So I do have a lot of conversations going and I talk quite openly about grief and the struggles and reality of life over on my personal Instagram, which is at Riley Venables. And then I do actually share my business building journeys because I think that's another one. Like people are so fearful of success and life after grief that I quite openly even talk about that in my business. So at brand school as well. I share everything there as well on Instagram too. I've got a quick question actually. Um, how how did your
0: grief and loss and the loss of your brother move into the work that you do now? Like, did it did it
1: kind of give you that push? Yeah, absolutely. It's almost like once I came out of that month of hiding, and I I used work initially to keep my mind occupied. So I was going in just to not think about grief. But then what happened is, oh, as I started to process grief and these emotions, I started to have this really intense feeling like my brother is dead. He doesn't have his life to live. He doesn't have an opportunity like I do right now. And I don't want to go into the ground wondering, have I done it all? Have I given it my best shot? Like, I want to get to wherever he is and be able to have a conversation like, oh my God, did you see what I've done? Like, and him be really proud. So it actually, I think, After I started to come out and feel this confidence and get this momentum going, now I am so motivated to motivate other people, build whatever it is they want to do, whether it's their brand, their business, their life, like their confidence, whatever it is, I want to be a part of building and motivating people to absolutely crush life because we know firsthand like it can be gone in an instant. And I think when you've experienced that and you have that understanding, You go all in. Like, you don't. I think once I stopped, yeah, hiding in the corner and like I started to build this, and it didn't happen overnight, but I'm absolutely in a momentum now where I don't know when I will go, but when I do, I am going to be so freaking proud because I want to give him stories. Like, I want to sit there and talk crap with him and tell him everything I've done. So I think that absolutely motivates me, and I try and really impress that on clients, friends, business relationships, and just prove that anything is absolutely possible, even after grief. Love that.
0: Love that. Um, So (laughs) any, I mean, I've I've pretty much just shared so much wisdom, but any last final words of wisdom before we say goodbye?
1: (laughs) Stop pressuring yourself if you are dealing with grief. It will absolutely be okay. It will never be the same again. That's okay. You will be okay. But don't be so bloody hard on yourself. Like feel those feels. There is no right way. Just one foot in front of the other and that heavy cloud and that heavy feeling in your heart will start to ease. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank Thank you so much much much. for coming on and sharing your story. It takes so much courage to do so. But I know that that's going to help so many people um, in hearing this.
1: Yay. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.
0: If you enjoyed listening to today's episode, please don't forget to like, share and subscribe. I invite you to also come and be a part of the community by connecting with us on Instagram at growwithgrief. Before we go, I want to take the time to thank you. Thank you for tuning in and being part of a community that opens conversation, raises awareness and brings individual perspectives and stories to the forefront of a topic that is often avoided and treated as uncomfortable. The conversations that we have may sometimes bring your own emotions, memories and triggers to the surface. And I want to encourage you to know that you are not alone. If you or anyone you care for is in need of support, please reach out to your local support line. Or if you are in Australia, you can contact GriefLine by phone on 1300 845 745, who are available from midday to 3am every day.